And here we are. It's episode nine. I'm sorry about the delay. That's purely down to a throat infection I had. So sorry to anyone who was expecting the episode on Friday. Um, but really glad to be recording. And I'm joined by the super sexy uh, wingmen, as usual. And we have Iceman, which, of course, is Ian Gilmore. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good, good, good. And we're joined good. by the one and only Goose, Rob Ellis. <laughs> Evening. You're right, mate. I feel like you're the one that would more I'm likely a tragically die. Or viper. No. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like, what's his name? The, the old Tom Skerritt, the one who go Maverick goes to see when he's fucking. Lo- I used to fly with your father and all that sort of shit. The, you know, the guy with the moustache. Yep. No, that makes yeah, yeah. That kind of makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So as I said, sorry about the the delay, but we are going to crack straight back on with the usual schedule. Uh, so this episode will be out um, on Friday the twenty, uh, thirtieth, I think it is actually. Uh, uh, Good Friday. Good um, Friday. And that will be followed up uh, the following week, so we won't have the gap just to kind of catch up. Uh, where I'll be having uh, the one and only Chris Tomlin, um, formerly of the Black Sun podcast um, on for one of the guest spots. Good time to get him on, uh, particularly yes. winding down uh, the Black Sun podcast. And the main reason for that is he's an awesome guy to podcast with, but also it's going to be interesting to talk to him in regards to his kind of change of focus and how he's kind of thinking about basically hobby. You know, he wants time to do his, his own thing and doing hobby a kind of like a, kind of a non-deadline non-event kind of basis so it'd be really great to get him on seeing how he approaches that so uh so guys how you been all good very good yeah excellent been kind of busy with the hobby doing bits and bobs so yeah awesome awesome and rob obviously we we, we saw each other a few weeks ago we've got a couple of events to cover so we'll we mention did. that in a minute um so i'm, I'm well au okay fait with the the stench you left in my front room while while staying staying over and stealing my uh, stealing my wife's um ipad charger so cheers for that bro <laughs> but otherwise awesome and thank you for the crate of uh, bud lights those have been drunk um so as always um we are happy to you know continue our sponsorship uh with uh, with curtain games who we've mentioned previously um really upping their games recently um they're you know they've got a twitch presence um they seem to have recently started on twitter as well so starting to interact on there so i do always encourage you to you know go and do your hobby purchase from those guys um it's curtain games so k-i-r-t-o-n games.co.uk um located just outside of exeter so it's quite a quite a good location to visit as well and the nice easy to find a nice big car pack close by so do have a look on their events page they do have a specific events and they've always got stuff on from board games night x wings 40k and obviously the aos events which we're going to in the future which i'm not overly gonna push because they don't need to because it's already sold out and we're really hoping those guys guys kind of the, developing the local scene which is awesome and they're seeing a lot of success from doing that you can see you know more people are coming to these events and they're growing and growing and we're really really excited to when they they take the plunge to do a two-dayer because uh, i know you know a lot of us lads will be up for that and um and on on the other side obviously we've always got and um, we're always a pleasure to be associated with uh Mercia miniatures so usual website for those guys so mercia-miniatures.com um again these guys keep rolling the release 
releases out. It's almost like a, a GW level. Um, a lot of Nurgle stuff for those of you that are kind of interested in the, uh, um, you know, the Maggot King of Nurgle. Uh, they've done an awesome uh, kind of worm bursting out the ground with a lot of tentacles. So, you know, you could definitely use as, as uh, you know, maybe one of the, the, the rider characters or something like that, or just, you know, a, a Nurgle beast to go in the army. So go and check them out. Some cool stuff if you're playing Maggot King at the moment and all the usual kind of beastmen and things like that. So that's that's all the usual shout outs. Um, so what we're going to do this episode is we've obviously had not only the Daughters of Cain um, kind of uh, be fully released now. Uh, so we've got a handle on the book and the model range. Um, I saw them in person as well at Warhammer World I was there this weekend. And yeah, wow, some of the, some of the GW color schemes on those are fam- genuinely, genuinely fantastic. Um, I've not seen anyone do that that Marathi better than, than GW's one. There's a few different takes. Um, you know, shout out to Gary Hennessy of the, uh, the Age of Sigma podcast for his, but uh, yeah, awesome. Um, and then also, obviously, we've had all the big reveals from uh, Adepticon, uh, which was last weekend, um, including the Deepkin. So we're going to kind of get on to our initial thoughts on that, and we've got some, um, uh, we've kind of got some uh, specific listener questions. Um, so quite quite a lot to cover, and not one, not two, but three different events. Not going to be not going to be reviews. Just kind of going to hit on what 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 I saw, what me and Rob saw, um, what I took away from Warhammer World doubles at the weekend. Uh, we've got some interesting kind of square bases. Square bases, yeah. Uh, interesting um, observations on how they look at the painting elements as well. So uh, happy to share that. But um, yeah, putting that all to the side, then Rob. I mean, um, I know obviously you were busy coming down to the doubles a couple of weekends ago, but you know, just catch yeah. up hobby wise. You know, it's been it's been three weeks since we spoke. So how you been getting on? Big announcement as well. Big <laughs> announcement. <laughs> You're working for the GW design team. No, not yet. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> don't shush. Um, I've actually started painting Bellacore. Yay! Yay! Yes. Yay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, a, a couple of um, test bits and bobs were done as far as looking at uh, what sort of colour to paint him. I want to keep the sort of um, the basic sort of skin tones that were quite close to the original model. I think that, you know, whoever painted that at the time, forgive me for not knowing, but uh, whoever painted that at the time for the GW um, one did a fantastic job with the greys and different tones and kind of want to do that, but then sort of perhaps bring it in line more with the sort of more, uh, you know, like you do with a, a lot of models, you, you know, you have, have a, have a color scheme that harkens back to the original, but have a sort yeah. of a newer take on it. And I think, especially given the, the colorways, uh, you know, the greys and those kind of tones, you're looking at stuff like Marathi, just the, like the tones on the membranes and stuff like that, and how that was how that was done is yeah. quite a good quite a good shot. Well, was a, there's a few elements, especially with the armor. That, sorry, gone. I was going to say, interestingly, you said about the the uh, the Bellacore uh, color scheme. It's actually one of the first examples that. I remember of a kind of like a, a color transition uh, on such a large area of a fade. Um, you know, what, you guys have a little Google if you search for Bellacore. Um, it's that dark, you know, skin, but he's got like a faded chest. It's like a grey chest that fades yeah. out into black. So yeah, that's that's always been a, a model that's I've always remembered um, purely for the color scheme, if not the awesome model. Well, also weirdly enough, as well, there's uh, two, G- two uh, there's two GW stock photos of him. That when you Google Bellacore uh, Warhammer, um, that will come up with him. And 
they're, they're the same model because you can tell because he's on a round base as opposed to a square base that some of the stock photos are used to be in, in the old uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Um, weirdly, one has got the contrast pushed higher than the other, so I believe it's the, it's the same model because yeah, it's um, the, the the skin tone on on one is is lighter and and on the other is obviously darker, and it's the darker of the two that I'm, I'm sort of looking to to sort of perhaps uh, a copy, but to take inspiration from. And obviously with him, suppose you know proxying as Archeon, there's a few elements that I wanted to tie in uh, to the Archeon model that um, Anya painted for the heavy metal team, and obviously Duncan's fantastic YouTube guide on him as well. Um, specifically with how you know with some of the armor. Obviously, there's the obvious stuff like the Slayer of Kings is going to have that sort of red to yellow sort of fiery shift on it, but um, some of the armor elements and things like that are going to be taken. So, you know, much the same way I did with Egrim being proxied as uh, Kairos and wanted to not only have sort of some visual cues in the actual model, but actually have a, a color scheme cue of using the same color scheme as Kairos for Egrim's dragon. Um, do the same with with Bellacor. So kind of try and tie in the two models. So the new Archeon color scheme with the Bellacor color scheme of old. Um, so yeah, that's that's happening. Um, so I've I've, I've uh, decided on on what color I'm going to paint the exploding realm gate as well, which is going to be very similar to um, the color scheme that he did the Belfall realm gate on the actual stock photo for that as well, which I believe is uh, like an incubi darkness for the stone um, and like the celestial kind of grey to Kabbalite green sort of swirls. Cool, nice. Which I think will, you know, with the sort of the greens, uh, you know, the, obviously they're very different. They're, they're all green shades, all very different sort of contrasts and hues of green in that, but that will tie in quite well with the, the spot reds on on Bellacorn as far as the the OSL on the blade and the, the orb that he's holding and stuff as well. So I thought that would be quite a good quite a good match so one way to sort of introduce a contrasting colour. So I'm really kind of sort of you know, if some might say some might accuse me of procrastination, Matthew. Um, <laughs> but I really I really wanna I really wanna I really want you know I've taken on one thing I, I do well in, in that I've been told in my in my professional life is Take on, take on constructive criticism and, and adapt and, and change and, and improve. And you know, the biggest thing you know that I've been grateful of, you know, with you know, doing so well as I thankfully have with my mixed order armies, you know, really listen to all the feedback of you know everyone that, that that's commented, been kind enough to comment, and you know, people that I, I consider my peers in sort of where I want to get to with the you know the quality of painting that I want to do. You know, really listen to them and really sort of take their advice on board. And obviously you guys, you know, you're, you're a big part of that and, you know, t- taking that stuff on board and really trying to, you know, I want people to look at my new stuff and go, do you know what, fair play, he's actually taken that on board and listened, <laughs> you know, uh, and, 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 you know, that in itself, I think that's, you know, that's an important part of the whole community aspect as well, you know, actually being able to listen and, and you know, those people, you know, it kind of makes like all the effort that you guys put in, like people like yourself, you two and, Chris and Russ and all uh, and Byron, all those people, um, you know, they've you've all painted loads between you. You've painted hundreds of armies, and you know what you're talking about. 
and it'd be disrespectful not to sort of take on board what you guys are saying and, and hopefully try and, you know, sort of show that, you know, I'm giving the, giving the props, as the, as the kids say, back to you guys. And, you know, you can actually look at an army and go, you know, fair play, listen to, to what I've said. Yeah, I mean, you know? all painting is ultimately subjective as well. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, an observation by one doesn't necessarily mean it, it's overly true. And that's why I think it's always good to have kind of a pool. Of yeah, I mean, it's more, about, I, think, I, I think it's more uh, the, the stuff that, uh, again, it's I've been quite, quite lucky as well that a lot of the feedback funnily enough and, and not to sort of deliberately con- you know sort of go against what you said but um a lot Similar. of it isn't it, it, it's well it's, it's stuff about color theory do mm. you know what i mean and and making stuff pop and so it's not like oh i think you know you should have done that in that color way or or whatever it's more it's 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 i've been quite lucky to the feedback that i've had to have been as not very subjective, do you know what I mean? It's, it's quite objective feedback. Yeah, that, sure. That makes sense. So, and and again, you know, I, if 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 uh, if I was going to take subjective feedback from anyone, then it's going to be people that have won multiple bloody awards, like you, Ian, and I say Chris, Russ, Byron. Who better to even if it was subjective, who better to take that feedback mm. on anyway? You know. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great attitude to have as well. And um, Ian, what about yourself? What have you been cracking on with? Well, I've um, taken shit the... photos of. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've been doing that. Um, I've done a Skaven Bloodbowl team, so that's completely finished now. So that's fairly speed painted. So it's not a to the highest level, but it's done out of the way. Still a very so good go standard. Print. Having you know, having shared the photos with us, it's good. Are they, are they yeah. filth in the game, are they, Stephen? Um, you still painted up the filth I th- team. I think they're still top tier. How many gutter runners uh, have you painted? Yeah. <laughs> oh, four, obviously. But then it's filth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, just yeah. laughing. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're like the, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, so I've done that, so that's nice. um, out of the way. I've been messing around with, I've been painting with shelves. For witch my, the, the witch shelves, uh, my witch elves. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I've been still playing around with colour scheme for that, which has been influenced by seeing the full release of the Daughters of Cain, mm. um, because the previous colour scheme wouldn't have worked with Marathi. No, so I had to go back and look at work out how to change the witch elf. So when it's transferred to Marathi, it would work with Marathi. Um, what particular so, was it that you felt wouldn't transition over? The um, the cloth. The, I thought the cloth that I'd done on the witch house was a, like a dark plum colour. Yeah. And if that was transferred to Marathi, it would be too. It wouldn't be enough definition of her dress sure. and the flowing robes. Yeah. Um, so what I've changed it to is a very, very, very light mint green. Okay. So it's um, base coated with, I think. It's Gauss blaster green. Oh pronounced. wow, really? That's is that one of the edge paints? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's base coated with that and then just um adding white to highlight it. Oh, so wow. it's used so it's very, very light. Mm, very um light. but it really it really it's almost like a um spot colour because yeah. it's so it's quite a dark model apart from the flesh already. So it kind of pops it. Um but I really like the colour and um I'm hoping it's gonna um yeah, it should, it should look quite nice when it's sort of um, giving 
exactly that definition. And so it's a similar greeny um, tone to the the rest of the greens. It should be quite a it should be a compliment rather than a massive contrast. I hope. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, we'll get some um, once you, once you've got the ability to take decent photos. I think we should get some photos of that up on. We'll get some blog posts. I'm keen to get some of those rolling up. Um, I've got some to put up shortly, um, including the work I've been doing, and it's a good opportunity to say I've been working on my Zinch, um, yeah, nice. which has been interesting because I I got invited very last minute. Um, to the Warhammer Doubles event, which was on this last weekend, uh, which I won't go into too much right now, but it meant that I had to take a 1,000-point army up. Now, I do have my um, pretty competitive kind of Stormcast. Uh, I played it with Paul Paul uh, Buckler in the past. Um, so you're looking at a Star Drake, um, a um, two units of Judicators and a Relictor for a thousand points. It's pretty decent. Uh, kind of depends on what your opponent's using, what your sorry your teammates using as well. So I could have just taken that very easily, but me being the way I am, I was off. I had to book some a holiday off work because I had problems with my voice and I work on the phone. Um, so I was considering taking a thousand points of my Fetty campaign models. So quite fluffy zinch well very fluffy zinch um but instead i decided to um paint myself a zangor shaman and um five more skyfires um fluff yeah and i will say they um they were well worth the effort but but honestly i've never i don't think i have ever painted anything i painted one skyfire and i painted three enlightened and i started work on the zangor shaman um which took longer than i expected and mostly because it's hard to paint the model separate because the like one of the f- the foot for example half the foot is on the model uh sorry it's kind of cut off on the model it's actually glued uh, attached to the disc so yeah. Um, I tackled it as a, one, a kind of a one piece um, and then moved on to the sky fires, painted the discs separately, uh, which I think is always worth it because you can really get to those details. Uh, one thing I did do, and this is an approach I would recommend, is I have painted everything on the discs, you know, everything on the, the top, you know, the facing part that people will see is all fully painted. Um, the underneath is painted, but what I've done is I basically washed, uh, base coat and washed it. Um, I haven't fully, you know, painted the highlights and everything as as I as I have on the rest of the model purely because nobody's going to see it. It's just not going to be seen. But if it tips over or anyone has a look at it on the battlefield, it you know they they can tell that the model's all fully painted. Um, but yeah, they're models I would not like to have to rush and know that you wanted to paint them to you know a, a good tabletop standard because I remember thinking I was virtually done sitting down at my computer at uh, half past two in the <laughs> afternoon um randomly decided to watch um the original 90s tv series of the x-men and nine hours later i was finishing black room in the bases it just took so long crazy but there are just so many little details to them so you know if you are tackling sky fires i mean i'm sure people have said this already but take your time with them i'm going to go into a bit more detail on the blog post about how i approach them um it's zinch i like painting the bright bright colors there's a lot of different combinations there um but i was super super chuffed with those so um it was awesome to get a basically uh i've got about 1500 points worth of zinch painted now which is um which is great it feels pretty good all paint to standard i'm happy with as well 
Excellent. Yeah. So what we'll do, um, as you've, you've mentioned kind of Daughters of Cain, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cover our, our thoughts now on the Daughters of Cain from kind of an army and a, and a modelling perspective. Uh, we'll take a break. Um, we'll have a chat about events and then we'll finish off with Deakin and a couple of questions. Um, one of the things I do want to mention, though, is um, we've got some great questions again um, on the podcast. So thank you again for those. Um, and they are, a couple of them are relevant to the Witch Elf. So um, uh, Andrea uh, at Lucky Six has actually asked, you know, different recipes, techniques for skin colours other than the traditional pale elf flesh. Um, I wanted to mention that because it actually goes hand in hand with my zinch because what I, what I actually did is I quite like taking models or armies and going, right, I'm going to paint something differently or, or learn a different way of approaching something so i actually decided to follow the new um kind of gw way of painting skin uh with their color ranges so um which starts off with that uh bookman bookman uh, base coat uh, yeah Bugman's glow. Bugman's glow. Um, right. uh, Reichland wash. Um, then yep. worked up through Cadian and then um, Kislev um, highlights. So obviously mixing mixing the two together, and um, that's what I would kind of consider a, a, a standard skin tone nowadays. I don't know if you you guys would agree. That seems to be uh, yeah. To go. That's that's a very nice warm flesh tone, mm. and it's pretty much um, it's exactly how I did. The skin on my Skaven Blood Bowl. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I did a final highlight of Flayed One Flesh, yeah. just as a very, very fine edge highlight. But yeah, that combination's a nice, warm flesh tone. Yeah, that works well. But, yeah, it works good. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Ian? Any other kind of combination that you could recommend? Um... Um, the way I've done the my current elves, the current witch elves, was um, over a white undercoat, mm. a... Um, a mix of Kislev flesh and Lamia medium to start. Okay. Then uh, Reichland flesh head and Lamia medium mm-hmm. over that, and then work it up via flayed on flesh to white oh, with a, a little bit of definition with various colours just to um, make sure just increase the contrast where the flesh is actually quite folded. Yeah. So, I've, um, but yeah, that's fine. Um, I've done in the past. I've um, it depends on what kind of tone you're looking for. Um, previously, I've done some dark elves with a very sinister cold skin tone, mm-hmm. which was um, I think it was something along the lines of pallid witch flesh. Mm-hmm. Then it was washed with a mix of um, purple. Uh, no, was it purple? No, it was blue and Reichland um, flesh shade or right. something similar. Okay. So you get it. So you get some very cold feel, and then highlight it with just white. Okay, nice. So, it, so it's very, very um, a natural looking mm. colour. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah. Um, um, going back to that as well, one of the ways that I've I it's kind of I painted a lot. Uh, I probably mentioned it before. Is one of my go tos with that kind of unnatural kind of flesh colours is um, a Rakoth flesh um, undercoat. Yeah um a purple um glaze so that is taking a you know druchy violet probably a 50 50 mix with lamium medium applying that then working your way through uh rebase coating with uh rakath um then adding um pallid witch flesh and then finally um i think it's flayed flayed one flesh you just mentioned kind of as a as an yeah. highlight that's like my go-to nowadays if i want to do that kind of color um, kind of Rob, I know you've painted some elves um, or 
elvishy kind of things. You've got your um, got your silver Street Street Yield archers, archers on the wrong bases. Yeah, on the wrong um, bases. Yeah, uh, yeah. So similar uh, take to what you guys said. I think the, the the main differentiator is is what you choose to to wash and at what consistency. So if um, like with my free guild guys, I mean, they're off. They're call a spade a spade. They're true revenants, Matthew. Um, but they're uh, but obviously going for that kind of like light ethereal spirity kind of thing, very much similar to kind of to what Ian did with his dark elf. So go with a, a really light uh, base, obviously over a white undercoat. So uh, I think even went as far as as pallid witch flesh as over over white but obviously making sure that you know you've got a bit of medium in there or water or whatever just so that you're not getting that sort of chalky effect and it the you know a couple of two thin coats as Duncan always said. Yeah. But um then did a wash. It was uh I think it was like it was very similar to um, you know if you if it, one thing and perhaps not for the colourways but um certainly for the ratios and whether to add shades or actually dots because a lot of gw guys um they tend to when they're doing skin as well uh they, they won't use washes they'll use uh glazes mm-hmm. um rather than wash so they won't incorporate stuff like white cream flesh shade or whatever it'll be lamy medium with like a dot of uh tusk or fur or something do you know what i mean it'd be some you know there's so many layer colours out there these days that work so well being glazed down using medium. But one one good um, resource to sort of get the mixes right is uh, Byron's tutorials on, on on his website, Element Games website he did for the demons. Um, there's a there's he's got a whole list of ones there and it's it's about getting that ratio between medium, a bit of like it's like three parts medium, one part shade and then a dot of a colour. And then that just gets this perfect wash. And I think with the Revenant stuff, it's like a like moot green, yeah, um, mixed in with Ethonian camo shade, and then quite a bit of lime medium. And then what happens is that the actual paint, the layer paint, will hit the recess. The the it'll almost use the the medium and the shade as like a vehicle to go into those recesses. So do you know what I mean? Like it does like an even further shade on top of it's what he was saying when he when we did the the chat with him not so long ago wasn't it, it was it, it's it shades and then it shades again yeah because it, it it goes in further with the actual paint rather than just the shade itself so that's quite a good way of doing it yeah i quite like the um the darker skin tone in the book as well for the witch elves um there's one of the can't remember the name of it one of the places where they live um that's Quite, I found that the dark skin is quite difficult to do because it's because you find it's quite hard to get the contrast. Did you, you do something for, for the um, for your bloodbound? Um, uh, yeah, fire, sorry. I've done some. Yeah, it's very. It doesn't particularly photo well um, because it's if you push it, if you push the contrast too much. <laughs> because it, of it, 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 well, yeah, that is, that does, <laughs> that certainly doesn't help. Um, but because it's quite, if you highlight it too light, it doesn't look natural. But then you don't have the contrast if you don't highlight it quite to a um, more more 
it's like a miniature painting type highlight. So yeah, it's quite difficult to get the balance right with that. Um, yeah, it's I can't remember the recipe I use now. Well, yeah, well, we've yeah, got that up tricky. on the we've got that up on the uh, that's up on the blog post at the moment. So do do have a look at that, and there's also a link to um, to basically to the, the colours you used. So it, it, the information is all there. Um, so I hope that helped anyway. Um, but to go on to go on to sisters themselves. Um, I mean, Ian, you are doing them as a fully fledged army. I am. Yes, I've got my got my list written for two thousand points. Oh, wow. So I just need to do it now. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I've got an interest in it and um, I've got a kind of a little small um, challenge I'm setting myself. So this is what I consider the ultimate hobby challenge, one I've never um, achieved, uh, one I know that other people have taken on and never managed to uh, achieve it either, is that I'm going to buy a box at a time and paint it before moving on to the next one. Cool. Yeah. So Ooh. I've got the got the stock collecting box. Um, I'm working on my each, but the daughters are going to be a slow burn project. Uh, so I'll see how that goes and I'll be blogging about my progress with that as well. Um, so people can see whether I stick to it or not, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's a difficult challenge to do, but I think it'd be pretty cool if I managed to do it. I, th- I, I mean, that's just, I, I love, that's kind of like proper, you know, it's like not say old school, but like sort of. Just starting teenage. Yeah, yeah, like you know, the beginning of your hobby journey that you buy yeah. one, you can only really afford to buy one thing at a time. You paint it up to the holiest of holies that you can do, and then you go and buy, you know, go and buy. And I'd love, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. I might do that. But I'm not gaming mm. with the army. I'm not planning to. I'm loving the zine no, at the moment. No, so yeah. it, it makes sense to me going out and splurging loads of money on the Daughters of Cain model. So that that's my plan anyway. What about you, Ian? Have you got any kind of goal kind of for the army itself to be completed? Because I don't think you're doing South Coast or anything this year, or is it just going to be done when it's done? I might. I would like to get it finished this year. I'm going to, I penciled in Face Hammer in September. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure if that's realistic. Mm. I might... Um, struggle to meet it because I got a, I've got an idea for the basin which is ridiculously time-consuming. <laughs> right. Um, so it's. That sounds amazing. Which is um, well, do you want me to go into it now? Or, yeah, go for know? it. You must mention it. Talk about it. Um, it's because the now I've seen the the deep came come out. Um, I thought the colour scheme I've chosen for the daughters of Cain um, would marry across quite nicely to them right um so i thought that it could potentially do a basin scheme that's like a um sunk uh, sunken city so kind of a atlantis type so lots of especially with the all a lot of the witch shelves and things jumping off rocks mm-hmm. um you can have them partially on a submerged level with lots of things jutting out um so i'm going to look at doing um the resin water which you tend to only see on display models mm-hmm. where you have things, you have a certain level, like a, well, a half centimetre or a centimetre of resin coming up from the base so you can see into what's in, in the base, um, but with lots of broken statues and pillars and things. But I'm hoping to be able to do it so they're all interlocking. So the one statue will be going across multiple 25 millimetre bases Right. Okay. So yeah. So set yourself, we'll see. set yourself a nice, nice, easy goal. 
yeah, I'm probably going to regret it. I think I think it's going to be worth doing, but yeah, Jesus. Yeah, um, so I think it's um, potentially going to push it back into the new year. I think, uh, but we'll see. So, but we'll see. I'm interested in what your your two's opinions are on the Daughter of Cain book, um, having looked through it, or if you have read it fully, in regards to inspiration for armies going forward. What what are your initial thoughts, Rob? Have you what have you taken away from your initial look at the book? Any kind of ideas for armies or concepts or anything you want to take forward? It's just got me massively, massively hyped for Slanesh. whatever. Well, that and, and whatever the light and shadow elves. I mean, you know, we'll talk about Deepkin. I mean, it's talk about a one-two punch. You see all the stuff. You know, I, I was one click away from ordering a Daughters of Cain army not so long ago. And, you know, I'm sure it'll take quite a bit of self-restraint to not order a, a Deepkin one as well. But, Christ, if, if, that, if that's the sort of level of stuff that they're doing, then, yeah, I think my... Uh, my uncharacteristic patience will uh, pay off um, when the other stuff is released I'll let you two sort of you know do you have a Daughters of Cain off I might I might <laughs> go for Deepkin I might go for yeah. Deepkin eventually um, it certainly won't be something that I buy perhaps on release I wouldn't have thought I think I'll you know as tempting as 20% off usually you know I might have to uh um, you know, I'm on a roll now with my chaos stuff, and mm-hmm. I think my patience will be rewarded with whatever they decide to do or have done with the uh, the high elf stuff. That well, I'm not say high elf, but you know, what I mean the light, yeah. the Tyrion and Tech, the stuff. Um, you know, if it goes down the route that's it's rumored, and you know, it's, it's going to be bonkers. So yeah. I mean, what about you, Ian? I mean, taking, take, moving away from what your your plans are with your particular army at the moment, was there anything in there, any tidbit or any kind of colour scheme you saw that you would really like to see someone do as an army or take that aspect forward? Anything anything kind of jump out at you in that regard? I thought the all the colour schemes I quite liked, but nothing really stood out. Mm. It's it more the actual models themselves. I yeah. just really liked these sculpts. Um, what um, did appeal to me was the looking at the battalions, because they all seem quite feasible to be able to paint. Yeah, they're, very, in, they're very they're structured, all, aren't they? Yeah, there's only like two or three units, and then you have you could add a couple more units, then you have another battalion to choose from. Yeah. So I quite liked. I thought that was quite a um, nice way to be able to expand the army. Mm. Um, in a kind of structured way so it's kind of um, what's the right word it's, it's kind of so it's well done by GW isn't it yeah. they know oh you've got these models already buy two units of warlocks and then you can use a new rule yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing yeah. Um, but yeah the, it's just the the, mod, the sculpts sort of just really appeal to me I like the the all the Gorgon type imagery yeah and the yeah, the stalkers. I like the um, is it canaries they pronounced? Who knows? I don't. I don't know how they are pronounced, but I'm pretty sure it's not canaries. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's, know. that's a face hammer thing. I think. Yeah, and the um, and the standard model is obviously Marathi, and that's just I can't wait to paint her. So. Yeah, I, I want to say canary, something like that. I mean, 
having been someone who's had some of these elements when they did the Dark Elf release back in 8th, so the Cauldron of Blood, um, the Medusa, um, and Sisters, you know, having painted them all, um, I'm kind of quite excited to go back to them. I mean, the Cauldron of Blood is a hell of a model to paint. Um, maybe not so much nowadays because of access to, to the airbrush that I have. Um, so it seems less daunting, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to, and not looking forward to painting that model not so much. And I yes. think I messed up my color choices previously, but what I will say is I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit indifferent to the Daughters of Cain book from a hobby and painting perspective and themes to kind of go forward um with in the future in the army because i found it quite um kind of barren really i mean there's there's a couple of kind of which else painted differently um i mean there's literally i think one page where there's five different colored kind of color scheme witch elves um yeah. next to each other but the majority of the book is literally um, some fluff on each of the units, which we'd expect anyway. Um, it then has some kind of some battle shots of the 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 great but generic GW color schemes, um, some close-ups of the the new kits, and as we said, you know the Bloodstalkers and the Blood Sisters are just lovely models. A lot of people are having just armies of those, which is awesome. But really, actually, interestingly, the most the most enthusing thing for me, hobby wise, is there's a um, army in there which is the Disciples of Hagnar, which obviously must be one of the army painted armies, or someone in particular has done it because it doesn't. I don't think it really says. Um, but there's very kind of good. The, the snakes are all green. Um, the the yeah. canary are, are very fleshy, for example. Um, and the painting guides, you know, is, is good. Um, and you know it does like the blood shrine mirror which i i did struggle with but then that's it really um there's a bit of fluff on kind of the temples and it kind of it leaves it there um so yeah, what was it was a little bit surprising that in previous battle tomes they had the um almost like the little cartoon drawings and they yeah. have like a couple of sentences about all the iconography you know, and the and, yeah like like but they didn't have that but they didn't have to paint any models for it. They just, you know, did it on Photoshop or whatever. But I was kind of missing that just to add, like, to have the that level of. It just adds extra inspiration. Yeah, it's just it's just so it's not kind there. of it's just odd. It, yeah, it's just odd. It wasn't included. I think yeah. it's the first one I've I've seen. Um, I haven't. It's the first one I've bought. I think since this Zinch book. Yeah. So it's been a while, and the Zinch one is full of that kind of stuff, like all the different colours of Zango and the um, Arcanites. Exactly. But in, even just comparing it to the Zinch one, the Zinch one was very, you know, there was a lot there to play around with. Mm. So, yeah, in some ways, I can I can t agree with you. Those kind of disappointed it didn't. Um, did the did the Magikin one have? Yeah. Uh, the, the swatches as you thought of a bit of it. Yeah, and like I said, you know, it gives you those threads of talking about gut rot spume and kind of his faction things, and that's all the drowned men and that. Yeah. Isn't it? It's just not really there. So I thought it was quite an interesting observation. So I think we're going to have a lot more thoughts on Daughters of Cain going forward. Um, I mean, to kind of finish that. Um, me personally, I'm going back to my old Dark Elf scheme again. I think I've mentioned this in the past, but my Dark Elf scheme was um, kind of a, quite a pallid kind of orange um, with like a bone armor. 
So I'm going to apply that to my, my Daughters of Cain. And what I'm actually going to do, and it was something that I meant to reply to Jack Armstrong on Twitter about, because he seemed to be struggling with, and he quite openly said, you know, I'm trying to paint some elf skin. It's not quite working out any suggestions. And I, I forgot to respond to it in the end. But what I'm actually going to try and do is not far off what Ian was mentioning there and kind of the idea of kind of using a light-based coat and glazers um, of the colours to kind of build the transitions. And actually, with the elf flesh, I'm not going to... I'm not actually in, intending to highlight the majority of it at all. I literally want to do thin layers, um, do some glazers on the recesses, probably Reichland flesh shade, um, and then um, just do a highlight around the face, and then that's it. So I'll kind of share how that goes. I want it to be very light... So quite a light base coat, uh, a glaze into the recesses to add that definition, a highlight around the face, maybe some prominent areas, and that's it. You know, and that's for those models. That's a massive part of the model done. So that be my that my plan, and then hopefully the snaky bits will all be, they will be the uh, they'll be the orange. Um, well, we did actually talk about um, Daughters of Cain as well um, at Malin Mantra, um, sent in a couple of questions. Uh, one of which was Malusai, which is the the Gorgonesques or the witches, which is more attractive battle line to paint. I'm not quite sure what he meant by attractive. I assume he means by appealing models to paint as opposed to maybe sexually attractive. I mean, let's be honest, the witch elves, if you're going to go for the two, you're probably going to go for a witch elf over a, a big snake lady. That might just be me. I think, I think, I think what he might mean by attractive as well is the, the idea, what's more attractive, painting 90 of one thing. <laughs> I mean, the, the yeah. pro, is, what is, is the prospect more attractive yeah. of, of doing one over the other? I think the answer to that, and I think we're probably all going to agree, is the, the, the Malusai. Yeah. Is it Melusai? 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 I don't know. I think if you've got any gone a roll with the with the witch elves, I mean I, I personally wouldn't do the army that I was thinking of thirty of them in. But um I'm, certainly what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do thirty witch elves and two lots of ten sisters of slaughter. Yeah. I th- I think so you that's gonna be my bad line. I feel like you'll probably see quite commonly 30 Witch Elves, 30 Sisters of Slaughter. Um, and I, I think one thing I will say, talking about the Witch Elves from experience, is that if you are painting them, I'm not always a massive fan of sub-assembly, but with the Witch Elves, heads need to be sub-assembly because that hair is a fucking ball ache to paint if the models are glued together. So paint the head yeah. separately. But what you need to bear in mind with that is with the witch health kit it's certain heads for certain bodies so you need to make a note or mark them in some way so you know which heads go into which bodies that's a, that's a little tip if you are you are going down that route um and we've got a couple of others about the daughters as well but interesting some of it is actually in comparison to the deacons so we'll get onto that in a minute so we'll take a little break um, we're going to cover a couple of events that have happened and um, then we'll finish up with the deacon so back in a minute And we are back. So um, I've just finished a triple weekend of events. So I thought I'd kind of quickly cover those because there's been some pretty pretty cool events um, kind of going on. Um, so the first one, um, unfortunately, Ian wasn't able to attend. He did get an invite, um, which was the yeah. the Dogger Doubles, which I actually ran. <laughs> it was down at uh, uh, the Dorset Dogger HQ uh, in Dorchester, down on the south coast. Um, we ended up with six teams, um, and it was a thousand points general's handbook with um, some extra kind of little rules I put in um, to encourage people to take the same alliance. And, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the reason why Rob's laughing is that one of the things I did is that if you were the same allegiance, so say if you were both Zinch, you could secretly write down a turn number and you could um, you wouldn't priority on that turn. Uh, if you both had the same ability, it would cancel each other out. Um, so that turned out to be pretty good on the Zinch armies in particular. Um, Rob, you you uh, much to much to Diesel's chagrin. <laughs> well, should have read the Whoa. he should have read the pack, Whoa. shouldn't he? Um, so yeah, obviously you, you as you, as you mentioned, you, you teamed up with Diesel, and I was really, yeah. I was really keen to um, kind of encourage the trophies on this. So I ended up with with it doubles, was twenty two trophies for twenty four people. It's amazing. Oh uh, no no no, sorry, twenty two trophies for twelve people. So yeah, there was a trophy <laughs> each, almost two. Um, so the runners and riders from that. So what I did with the painting, I thought with it being doubles, I want to reward someone who's got uh, a team that's got a coherent army. But also, I think it's good to reward the individual side of things as well. Um, so for the the team, it was um, it was pretty much a landslide, and that was the Mega Bros, which is uh, Aaron Bailey and Chris Tomlin. We've mentioned them numerous times. Not going to bang on about their Zinch armies too much, but very nice snow-based Zinch, very, um, very, very bright contrasting colours, mixed colours in the units, and they're starting to upscale stuff as well. Um, and um, yeah, really striking army. Um, coming in second place in that, there was no award for that one, but Paddy and Henry uh, really. That's just Paddy had painted a 2,000-point death army. Very striking because it included these massive units of skeletons with spears that just looked awesome. Yeah, they were cool. They looked so, so good. Um, and then individually, um, my uh, it was great to see Rob win out uh, with your with your elves on that one. Yay! Yeah, little little trophy for you, um, which was then followed by quite deservedly Aaron. Um, and then Chris. So, you know, that, that that was I was very happy with that. It, it felt like the, the right thing. There was some, you know, all the armies there were all painted all to a good standard. Um, but I think they were definitely the, the right people to win, win those particular trophies. Um, so that was the first weekend. And I've got to say, that's the first tournament I've ever run. It's not really a, a full on tournament, as I would expect from a lot of other events. And I was fucking knackered. So fair play to anyone ever puts a tournament on because... Yeah, that was um, that was a learning experience for me. Um, and then for the second event, we went up to there was a, a the 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 chumps um, ran a, a invitational event, um, so it was great for to get an invite for that. And that included Jen and a couple of guys from the local club. And the chumps are based in Cheltenham, as they've got an awesome venue, um, and that's that's run by um, that was basically organised by by Liam Liam Cook. Um, and uh, unfortunately what happened here is um, the, the nominations went up which I did get a nomination for I had my Cathurgal on me which was awesome but it fucking snowed didn't it and it proper snowed um, so they actually had, actually had to call the event off um, for the second day so it turned the event into a one-dayer, which was a real shame. Um, but we had Ben Johnson um, it, there with his, his newly finished Daughters of Cain army, which was awesome to see. Uh, Russ was running his Nurgle as well, so he brought that all together and painted up and finished some new elements to that. Um, so the, the painting for that one, um, Chris won the basically the judge's choice. And it's not just on painting, it's just the army they like the most. That's well-deserved. I mean, Chris has just finished painting up four heavily converted stroke kit bashed um rock lovers which are based off the the big guns from the 40k orc range um they look awesome and look really really good with these black 
and he's stippling yeah, on they're cool, man. with his chip in. So all his little skill, like all the Grot crew and everything, really, really well done. So well deserved there. Um, Russ came in first on on the the player voting. What is it? Very nice, very nice army from Russ. Um, and I know he took it. Do you have hard. his new great? Un- do you have his new great? Un- new clean one? Clean one. Yeah, that was there. And yeah, I know, that I know, looks amazing. I know, it kind of came across a little bit harsh in the past about the basing on on his death army, but um, <laughs> can't fault this Nurgle army. Um, he's got some of the, the kind of his older models in there, um, so it's great to see them back on the board. You know, sorry to sorry to butt in. Mm-hmm. Was that? Did he have some of his? Because he he, I'm right in saying that he won. Best painted at the Ming Invitationals, didn't he, with the Nurgle Army? No, he came second, didn't he? Or did, yeah, or did he? Cause I thought Steve, he, didn't, didn't Steve Foot win? Oh, did he? But didn't he, he was, was that the same note? Obviously, he's got yeah. some elements from that Nurgle Army that he's rebased, has he? Yeah, that's right. But the one thing that, yeah. that maybe you remember the most that is it's missing is the. Do you remember his, um, his Soul Grinder? Which was the. Yeah, the Iraq yeah, rock, rock underneath. It, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing know, that, army, that is. That but, you know, the rest, he's got, you know, um, it, it's just really good armies, six plague drones in there. It looks great. Um, you can't fault it. So well-deserving to be come first. And, and then another Nurgle army, which is Gary with his. So he's got he's got a very nice kind of um, Nurgle army, very striking. Um, I'm going to take some credit for it because I, I helped him out with the colour choices for his, his tufts on his bases. So, you know, I'm going to take credit where credit's due. Um <laughs> But he's got, you know, he's got his big centerpieces like Rotigus. Um, Seaborn Fly. Yes, loads of uh, lo- loads of uh, plague bearers and everything. So again, really striking Nurgle armies. They seem to be, I think they're a painter's army. The Nurgle armies, they always come across well, you know, because they, they take yeah. so many techniques so well. Um, they're not did he finish his, did he, did he finish his, po- his proxy unit of Nurglings yet? No, no, he hasn't. He hasn't finished <laughs> those yet. Um, but I know he's got a bit of flack for it. It's not quite sure what happened there. Um, and then third third place for that was Ben Johnson. Uh, as we mentioned, people have no doubt seen it on Twitter. Um, if you haven't, go and check it out. Um, he's, he finished up a Dorset Cane army literally within within days of the book coming out. Um, so it was awesome to see that. Um, a, a good example of, interestingly, Ian was saying about I mean, difficult painting the, the darker skin tone, which he's done. Uh, and he's done well and it's got kind of a, a striped look to that to the hair um but on mass you know it looked brilliant i mean it's not painted fan you know individually the models aren't painted amazingly but they're painted just right so that when you get them all together as an army they look awesome so kudos to uh to mr johnson for for taking third on that one as well um and then finally um I, as i said i meant i went up to the warhammer world doubles at the weekend so that was a Again, an interesting one because I know from conversations <laughs> I've had with people in the past that there is a little bit of kind of a mystery about how how the painting's all done. Um, for those who haven't been who haven't seen, is what they tend to do is you you get a what they call the legends painting competition. Um, um, for those who don't know, that's all right. For those who don't know, the legend painting is um, on the Saturday. And it's three categories. Basically, you've got individual small characters, you've got units, um, up to five models, and then you've got the bear models, which are the big guys. And you basically you can put in whatever you want. So you just put your stuff in. Does you don't you don't get chosen, you get nominated or anything like that. It's free for you to put. It's like a free for all to chuck your stuff in the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will say was I was 
genuinely frustrated by is that I, I finished quite early and I felt because you do kind of vie for, for space in the cabinet slightly. <laughs> um, and then someone just moved mine by the time I got back from lunch. It's been moved. <laughs> I was, sorry. I'm um, a fucking gone ballistic. <laughs> so, oh, um, my God. I mean, it was great to see them go in. Um, there were some real contenders there. Um, I, I won't go you into didn't it. Tell so me much, that. Because there was, no, there were so many models in that cabinet. It was, it was, it was rammed. Um, and um, it was really good to see. I mean, there were some models in there I've just got, but I just shouldn't have been in there. Um, but if people want to put them in, that's what it's there for. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, you're just showing off your models, I guess. Um, but yeah. with 180 people there, um, there was a lot of competition for votes on that one. Um, so that's that. That's one of the things they do, and they 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 provide a um, trophy. I say trophy. It's a certificate. Um, for that, which I think is fine, just for you know, it's kind of like a side event, really, to the, the main thing of the doubles. Um, they then approach you on the Sunday and they they tell you whether you've been nominated. Um, and then what they've got, they've got three the same three glass cabinets. Um, they they divide them out um, into numbers, so twelve in this case. Um, and then you you literally roll two d six, and that's where you go in the cabinet. Um, really. Yeah, so the don't you, it's not first come first choose, which is which is ideal, really. I was pretty it's lucky. Good. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. If, if That's you, fair. If you think of it going one to three, so three cabinets, one, two, three, and then the next one's four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine, blah, blah, blah. So I rolled an eight, which is pretty legit because it ended up quite middle. So that was Start good. Banging in so, middle, yeah. so me and my teammate, and it was, the, the, and I think this was the right thing to do um, for their event is that they just did team nomination so you were nominated as, as a team what this meant is that each person and it was clear in the pack each person had to be individually responsible for painting for assembling and painting their own army so it was interesting to see what would go in because arnie had done his so he had a nice kind of autumn um scheme wood elf army sorry i just need a drink <coughs> and i had my zinch which are my snow bases and there's photos on Twitter and a little video I did. So I'll put those up on a blog post along with everything else. Um, and we played some, there were some awesome armies there, but because you, you don't see them because GW, they, they don't ask people to actually set their armies up. So a lot of independent events, they would say, please set your armies up for display on day one, after game one, if you want to be considered for painting. So you'll see all the armies all set up with the plaques and everything. But that doesn't happen. So even when I finished early, had my lunch, walked around, it was really hard to actually see the armies because so many of them were just crammed on, you know, little trays or half packed away or literally all packed away. So there wasn't much to look at, which I think is a bit of a downside. So I think they should all they should always say, please set your armies up so everyone can look at them, see all the armies out there. <clears throat> but as I mentioned, you've got to be responsible for your own army. So there's a couple of guys there, and I think more than a couple, actually quite a few, where they had lent their armies to their teammate. So the 2K armies might have just been one person's, so they couldn't be nominated for painting. All right. Which yeah. is fine. I think that's totally... That's in the pack. It's clear as day, but it did mean some awesome armies didn't go in there. So one of them um, was a chap that we played, I think it was game three, and um, his name was... I think it was Ben Glover. Sorry, Brad. Brad Glover. And I'll put some photos up of this because it deserves attention. He's got a, a Caradron army, which is converted um, 
to be Skaven, and it's used as a Skaven army. So, and it, it's so good. Um, the conversions are really, really good. He's covered all the points, like. He's got like a, a the Caradron ironclad and like the figurehead at the front is like a is like a rat ogre like leaning over leaning over with a chain gun pointing out with like a with a feathered hat on it just it looks so good and he's got like smoke trails coming out of these things and there's loads of free hand on the halls I mean the the, the models the transitions the colours the solid colours aren't you know um, transitioned beautifully you know you're not looking from a nice blending and everything but he's on a solid cut you know a solid base wash highlight and then just painted loads of white freehand over this turquoise looks brilliant yes yeah, I, I saw pictures of that the conversions were cool man. yeah but he just couldn't go in the cabinet he couldn't get nominated um and what i found out as well one of the things i specifically asked is i was very curious how they decide how these armies go in who goes in um because it's been there's been armies there that definitely in the past I feel that should have been nominated. Um, you know, I, I met you know Chris Tomlin of the Black Sun with his Iron Jaws. You know that he's been to an event and they were they would seem to be skipped over and they didn't go in. Um, I mean, I'm not just saying it for effect, but I went up with my Bloodbound, which I was super proud with. I've won numerous best army event, uh, uh, best army nominations, and I wasn't uh, best army awards, and I wasn't nominated, which I was really surprised by. Um, and I was told that they have the event staff themselves walk around the event. They have a checklist with criterias on and they, they score against those. Um, if two people score, you know, this is an army of interest, they're automatically in and they go around and kind of catch anybody up. Anything else, kind of a, a dragnet kind of thing on, on, on day two. Um, and I did ask whether that criteria maybe in the future could be could be put out so people can see. So I think that's a very positive thing for people to actually aim towards they can see what it is gw is looking for because those are the kind of the mystery areas so be interesting to see if they do do that in future events a lot a lot of the um listening to sort of a lot of 40k podcasts in the in in the past like a lot of the ones from the states the the criteria is is something that's in the pack you know you don't sort of coherency freehand a certain amount of so I, you know, quite um, you know, not subjective stuff. It's like very objective. Mm. You know, is, has this been done? Is this done? Are they all basically. You know what I mean, it's just those kind of things that, and then they're sort of like say, is there? And then people know them going in. You know, and they yeah. like said you, there isn't that kind of wondering why I didn't get nominated. You know, you know full well. Mm. What were they looking for? You know, they did say that you know when I queried it that in the past they had approached they had approached people and discussed you know you you were close to getting nomination and apparently people are taking it badly, um, so I don't know who you people were but I don't know don't know what's going on there but I I can genuinely say that I I feel from I mean I'm no expert but having been to events there were just the armies left right and centre that were just being again even from this event there were armies in there that there was better armies on the board we played some traps yeah. last round um i can't remember their names because unfortunately with this event it was uh, it was just it was on team names um so you kind of just got people's first names a lot of the time and i forgot to ask the names but they they had actually painted from scratch as a team a bloodbound army based around the brass stampede formation so loads of juggernauts and right, um, nice yeah, so really, it, and it genuinely, it was really nicely painted. They'd even gone as far as painting chips, which were properly highlighted on the juggers and everything. So it was almost a kind of a slightly understated army, but it looked brilliant, but it just wasn't nominated. And it was genuinely better than at least two or three armies in that cabinet where 
it was interesting looking at a lot of them because um and, and i will say i do feel ours was the same where you looked at the two armies and it one was of in one way shape or form not to the high standard as the other or was missing elements of the other but again it seemed to be the really bright colors like if anything any army kind of had some really striking and it is it just seems to be a reoccurring theme sylvan f armies paint a little bit of pink on them they go straight in the cabinet and it just seems to be it just seems to happen and it's not and i'm not just trying to make it sound like sour grapes but like there was a sil- there was there was a sylvaneth army in there which just wasn't very well painted it was badly dry brushed um in in my opinion with quite a lot of very light pink on the models um yeah. and it was teamed up with the I, I don't know the guy's name because again no names were provided for the painting so i don't know who these people are um but the chap with the stormcast army which has got like the the um stormcast converted from like terminators and things Right. Acquired taste, cool army with those two next to each other. So his stuff was awesome. The Sylvaneth, just not very good. Um, but it was bright colours, so it was it was straight in there. So it was interesting to look at it. And there were some great armies in there. I can't tell you the names of the people that nominated. I can't tell you the names of the people who won, because these aren't these weren't communicated, unfortunately. Um the army that won, I put the photos up, it was a Fire Slayer army. Um, where there was two elements to it. One was almost painted in a God of War theme, so like grey skin, kind of like red sharp dags. Quite cool. And then the other side was kind of a more of a a normal generic um, kind of colour scheme fire slayers, all on like fiery bases. Um, Not my pick. Um, Weren't even close to my pick, to be honest, but nice nice armies. Um, One thing that really put me off is that they had like extra stuff in the cabinet for that army. So it was like a sheet of like fluff and like another sheet like with, but it was all like printed out shitly on paper. It was, it was just weird to look at. Like you're just in, I've written some fluff here. It goes, I'm going to stick it on a bit of a four paper in the back of the cabinet. And then there was another bit with a crappy, like a really low quality print out photo in the middle of it. But then the thing that was really weird about it is that it had loads of, um cards whether they were spell cards or ability cards i can't remember which but all on the magic the gathering template generator that you can go online so gw let people put magic the gathering cards in their army case in in the display cases that's just weird yeah there's a bit that's just 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 bizarre i mean I, i i don't mind display you know, display boards and all that stuff. I think they're great. I think they all all have a use. I think they turn people on and off. So there's no positive or negative to using them. But it was just all these random gubbins in the case with a nicely painted army. Just seemed unnecessary to me. Um, and there were armies in there that had, which were visually really weird to look at because they had. So you had the two armies. So one army was on round bases. And then there was Zinch Army, which was a mixture of square and round bases. It's just right. so visually to weird, so weird to look at. You've got an exalted, um, uh, exalted Lord of Change on a square base next to thirty nicely painted Zangor on round bases. Was it all in the same basin scheme? Yeah. <laughs> just just bizarre honestly just just so bizarre so um one of the things unfortunately disappointing from that is i don't want to sound too negative about the painting it was it was i think from every army on every table the the general 
level of painting across the event was very good there were an awful lot of very nice 1k painted armies very few would i consider even close to a minimum standard um the one thing that was very striking was the prevalence of square bases i think there was at least 10 armies there with square bases but in the same way that i mentioned that like some of them were square based armies some of them were a round base army with square base models one army had bloodbound blood warriors on square bases which have never been supplied on square bases um and then there was mixture of units there was one chaos army which was all on rounds and they just had a chaos chariot on a square base on a, on a chariot base it was so weird to look at and visually just just kind of kind of completely put me off um and it's one of the things that um, my, my teammates actually mentioned on Twitter. He said about basing, he said, when will square bases be a thing of the past and how do we enjoy, uh, ensure consistency in round sizes? So personally, it's, they're only going to be a thing of the past. And I don't know if you guys, well, it, it, until GW says otherwise, until GW say you can't use square bases, I don't think that's ever going to change. don't know if you guys feel any differently. Um, part of me just doesn't particularly care to a certain degree um, if people want to use what I, I think is the combination more than anything else. If, you're going, if you want to use squares, uh, knock yourself out, but they just they don't look as good, and right. especially when they're in combination with an army mixed with rounds as well. Agreed. Um, so, it's, you know, if you, if you want to use squares, if you, I don't know, if you're still playing eighth or whatever and aos then i don't see any particularly bad thing but it's a bit strange at potentially it's more strange at events rather than anywhere else yeah but it's got it's got to be something to put the it's got to be in the pack isn't it and it's something that to a certain degree gw needs to lead on one way or the other i think it just needs to have that there just needs to be a certain there needs just needs to be clarity from the events part like Ian said it's, it's if people want to play on square bases it's their hobby do you know what I mean it's not that's not necessarily a thing you know I'm not going to get into people shouldn't play on you know on certain bases play on whatever you want but um, as far as continuity at an event you know the last thing you want is it's just that it's, it's jarring, isn't it? When you see it, and you know, if, if a if a game is, is you know, they just need to come out and say this event, you know, you need to they need to be based appropriately. These are the bases. Not I, I don't know how they necessarily go about it because again, wasn't there something about didn't someone have blood letters on twenty five mil bases so, or something? Yeah. I'm not going to get into the gaming side necessarily, but obviously that has its clear advantages. Matthew, again, I put my posh voice on now. I'm not the gamiest of folk, but I can certainly understand why blood letters on 20 on 25 mil bases mm-hmm. are certainly more advantageous than on 32 mils. Um, the old pile-in and that murder host filth. But it's also, um, it, it's also uh, in that, sorry, to kind of to, to hit upon that regard. So um, it isn't just that one example as well. Um, for example, plague bearers on 25 mil bases are particularly better now because you can do the Blades of Future Faction spell on them. So again, they're going to be doing mortal wounds when they attack and they're going to be able to attack on two ranks. So it is an issue of allowing people to use incorrect base sizes as, as the models are currently supplied. What? Also, this is going to be this is just to probably surprise you and, and to some of the listeners, but um, from a gaming perspective as well, a lot haven't a lot of effects gone to 
wholly within rather than within. That's, that's where the GW well. is moving. So you, so you yeah. are correct in that regard. Um, but, so that makes those a bit more. You can squeeze more in in a particular area, or can't you? You know. Yeah. So basing is an issue not just from a gaming perspective. For me personally, from a visual side as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're we're what two years down the line with AOS now. Um, I think longer than that. Yeah, no, I think it's about. I think that's about right. But as far as GW is concerned, I understand their stances. At the moment, they're still selling models on square yeah. basis. So they they can't really sell something on a square base and then say you can't use it at one of their events. I get that. I understand. Um, I think putting models on the wrong size basis for advantage needs to be clamped down on. It's obvious where this is the case. There's also nothing stopping you putting on certain things on bigger bases, such as, say, I don't know, a Hurricanum, which has a big buff bubble. You could Or Kairos. Hey! Yeah, but th this is an example. It can be pushed that far. And that's their official stance. So GW's official stance is that if a model, you can use a model on any base it's previously been supplied with. So you crack on. Um, square bases, that's the other issue with the games themselves, is that, again, because they're not the right size bases, models aren't where they should be. So if you've got models on 20 mil bases, you can actually fight through divots. So it's actually easier for you to get three ranks into combat in comparison to two ranks, which is guaranteed when you've got 25 mil bases. So it's not just an issue of visually it doesn't look right, but also people pushing around wood elves on square bases, which they've been, the, the bases have been dappled ever so, and I mean ever so slightly with something like Sterling Mud and painted black. That isn't an acceptable base to me. And I think that's something that needs to clamp down on. And unpainted grey movement trays that have been painted green around the edge. Again, those just need to go. Just not good enough, is it? You know, it, it, it just isn't acceptable. Because ultimately, you don't actually need those movement trays. If you take that no. movement tray off, it doesn't cause them any issues because the guys should be running around individually anyway on round bases. Then they would go and buy round base movement trays. But I don't want to get on basing too much. It, it's a point of frustration for me and it's a personal taste. I, I Any event I, I would ever run, I would hope to attend, is that bases have to be on the appropriate size base. That's why basing guides were so prevalent at the start of AOS. Um, so, I mean, again, Warhammer World Doubles, awesome event. Super happy to get nominated. Uh, me and Arnie, he was over the moon. I was really happy to go in the cabinet. It's a very cool feeling putting your army in there. Yeah, congratulations, um, man. Cheers, dude. And like I said, there were some great armies in there as well. Uh, a chat with Steve Smith um, got my got my particular nomination um i gave some trophies to the guys i played with the bloodbound last round and brad because he couldn't win anything so i gave him one of the little pro painted trophies as well i said look you just you just deserve this um so yeah and like i said there were some awesome armies there um but interestingly because the top end wasn't there like if that makes sense a lot of, like the face hammer guys you guys like people we would regularly see at tournaments it was nice to see kind of a bit more of a mix um i've got some photos of the armies and i'll put them up on a blog post as well so that was the events so how about if we finish up with a little bit of why we were uh, while all that was going on we had adepticon and we had the reveal yes. on the, i think it was the thursday last thursday of the deepkin oh do you know what can, can i can i just preface this with something mm. right and it's it's, <laughs> it's something that i always like get wrong right and it's um it it goes back to well actually i i, I used to play and I, I still follow uh, basketball like American basketball so when they put times up for mm. matches and it'll be like it'll be like oh yeah Thursday this thing and you just forget that it's the Friday night basically isn't it uh -huh. so there's the, so I'm there sort of 
rooting for my team in, in a playoff thinking, oh, you know, I can't wait until such and such. And then I miss it because, you know, I wake up the morning with the result on my phone rather yeah. than look, watching the match. But it actually worked in my favour this time because I was like, oh, you know, Thursday or, you know, Friday morning, I'll, I'll know everything about the Deakin. This is going to be amazing. And, you know, it's only 24 hours. And then I logged into TJ and someone had put like a countdown on there or something. Yeah. It was like two hours to go. And you're like, I've got this. I'm like a day behind myself. This is amazing. And so I was like, I went to sleep like really, you know, like when you're sort of like a kid at Christmas, you sort of like waking up halfway through the night thinking, oh, have I, as uh, a Santa bin, um, oh, have they done the reveal yet? I think I woke up at about two o'clock in the morning to check and they'd like, yeah, I was half asleep, and the only thing that I can remember, sort of seeing from that bit where I was like half asleep, uh, you know, woke up, see, was that bloody purple sun thing that yeah. they so previewed, <laughs> and and I woke up the next morning like, did I dream that? Because that was just like really, I dreamt that they're going to release like a tennis ball size purple sun with a big skull on the front of it, or is that is that actually a thing? And I went back on the community side, I was like. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a thing. Yeah, that's a bit odd. But anyway, back to Deepkin. Sorry. So yeah, initial impressions. I'll let you go first, Ian. Um, when I first saw the video, I wasn't sure they would make up a tea, mm. but I've watched it repeatedly, and some of it is just it's the sculpts are mind blowing. Like the how the amount of motion in some of them, um, so I I'm definitely going to pick up some. Definitely get in the book, and definitely going to get a couple of the models to paint. Okay. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to get a full army at the moment, but I wouldn't be that surprised if I did. To be honest. Okay, interesting. Um, Rob, what about yourself? Um, I think so. I'd Similar to Ian, I'm going to pick up the book. Um, I mean, go on the figures first of all, but like I said, watch that video. I kind of caught a glimpse of it in my half sort of awake sleep state. Um, but watch that video I must, about 10 times nonstop on Thursday morning. And yeah, it's just it's just some of the best, like Ian said, with, this, with it, getting the motion and uh, the motion in the ocean, um, <laughs> the, the, the dynamicism of some of the models and the, the creativity and, and how they've, you know, like the guy with the octopus and the octopus is holding all the different, you know, he's holding a, a club and an axe and, you know, a, a scroll in, in his arms and stuff. And the guy on the sort of the big seahorse uh, who people are sort of trolls are sort of saying it's like a mini Manfred. And yeah, there's some similarities, but I think that's doing it a major disservice because it's just, that's an awesome model. And obviously the avatar or whatever the, the, the uh, the big dude is um, at the end sort of with the with the wave cloak and obviously all the animal the sea animals like the turtles and the eels and the sharks and stuff it's just it's just amazing I think some of the nicest models actually some probably one of my favourite models are just the archers just the way that they're the the thralls or the the ones without any eyes with like the bald heads um, yeah they're they're lovely they're all really really nice models and it's it's taking all of my sort of self-control not to go you're limited 100% in, in, in on them do you know what I mean um, but yeah I think get pick up a book and then you know maybe you know sit, add a couple of 
they've sort of you got I've got an order army there that I could add bits mm. and bobs to. Um, you know, I, I'm very much in the mindset of doing set sort of two thousand points chunks now, or, or certainly sort of one thousand point chunks, similar to what I'm doing with my chaos. But I think I might just hold on and, and see what the other th- other stuff brings sort of a little bit further down the line. I haven't quite. Um, I haven't quite decided yet on whether I go all in on them or not, but I, I, I think I would rather than just picking up the odd unit here and there. I'd, I'd want to do pick up about two thousand points of it, you know, come up with an army, and then just paint that up. But oddly enough, I can't really think of many. Conv- I mean, there'd be a lot of perhaps some sort of posing of bits and bobs, but I think with the models being as nice as they are and as dynamic as they are, I don't think there's really much call for any sort of conversion work with them i think what ian was saying you know one one way to perhaps separate the uh, the army from others that are going to be doing the rounds and no doubt would be to do something really cool with the basing especially given the theme of the army itself you know of the race as it were yeah well i mean most certainly my thoughts are i, I won't lie i was disappointed um when it was revealed um, but that was my own disappointment because I had expectations. Um, you know, I put my own expectations forward of what I, what I considered the army. I thought they were either going to go the World of Warcraft Naga route, which was very kind of, you know, almost like the warriors themselves are almost devolved into kind of like a, a reptilian race themselves. Um, you know, a lot of coral themes to it. Um or they were going the Cthulhu route with them, which is, you know, these these beasts from the deep, kind of very much tentacles and um, kind of, you know, mutants in that kind of regard. And this is totally not that. This is, for me, kind of almost a Atlantean kind of Aquaman um, kind of vibe to them. And um, once I kind of got over that, I've kind of taken them in a bit more. And I think there is so much there is visually so much to take in for that art from that army from the models to the color schemes to the way they're presented it just feels like my brain is just overloaded with you know with visual cues from this from this army so my initial thoughts weren't weren't great i mean but i'm kind of the more i look at them now um the more it's coming through and um, I do really like them as models. I think I can completely appreciate them. Um, I think there's some fantastic sculpts in there, some excellent models. I'm really a fan of like a lot of the more armoured, like the riders on like the sharks yeah. and on the turtles, where they've got like the blank face plates as well. They're my kind of, they're my highlights. Um, the guy, the guy that's um, stood there with the, he's got like a crest, and the crest comes over the top of his head. Like the anglerfish guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just on foot with a massive glaive. I mean, that's yeah. just the cool model, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and they just are. Oh, you know, all the individual character models are brilliant. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the turtles myself. Um, I I can't get past like just looking at them as toys. Um, I, I kind of need, to, but that's that can be the presentation of the the models themselves. I kind of really need to see these things in the flesh. Um, but there's one thing apparently that's, there's apparently there's not there's more yeah uh, yeah apparently they, that's they exactly, revealed everything exactly so one of the one of the questions we got asked from um, at greedy raven was um exactly that they said they said they haven't revealed everything is there something you would like to see as part of that army uh you know uh, what is your favorite model so far so for me personally um 
you know, if they release a massive Kraken model, yeah, um, <laughs> that that will tick a box Shut up for and me. Take my money. <laughs> yeah, that will massively tick a box for me. Um, but um, most certainly for me, for my mo- favourite models so far, kind of hard to say really. But I do, I do really like the Shark Riders, but I haven't seen them too yeah. much. The way I think they're the ones that are doubled up, where you got like the the, the, the bolt throwers and the yeah, like Vipers. Yeah. yeah, I think they're my favourite. I think part of that is because I like the idea of doing a daughter's army and just kind of allying you know, just a couple of units of those in. I think they'll look cool. What about yeah. you guys? What, what, yeah. what What's your favourite unit you've seen so far? I think, um, I think one, th- I'm hope like, I, I don't know, like, if it's, because it ties in with, like, some of the rumours that were sort of building up to this, but the, um, the air quotes, Manfred dude on a, on that seahorse. Yeah. Apparently there's meant to be a unit of cavalry, or like a the unit of those. Cavalry. Yeah. So that that you know, and that pose, and the way that you, know, you think seahorse, and you sort of think you know, a little, like the, yeah. I was going to do a little seahorse sound effect then, but I'm not going to. Um, but you yeah. know, whoop, whoop, like the little type, like with the you know, the little Ooh. trumpet, the, the little trumpety mouth type thing, with the little little opening bit at the end, like a like an aardvark. Um But you know, you, you, that's what you think of when you think of seahorses. But that's if they make a unit of cavalry that look like that thing looks in like different sort of poses like they're sort of snaking through the water and you know really aggressive and, and stuff like that like almost sort of maybe jugger calf size that that'd be that'd be amazing like you know almost sort of like well sort of maybe even vanguard size you know that would be uh that'd be super cool and perhaps another you know and that's the other thing as well we've seen a lot of the figures but we haven't seen them it's only in context of that video like there's that shot of that what I can assume is perhaps a, a priestess type character with her eyes closed, and she's got the little. She sort of looks like she's sort of walking forward, and she's got the little symbol in her little uh, rune, yeah. glowing rune in her hand. Um, and I said that the guy on foot with the glaive as well. Apparently, there's like, like obviously you've got the like the slightly heavy. You've got the two types of infantry: the bows and the guys with the glaives and stuff. So they're yeah they're. Apparently, it's, it's what else is there. I, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a maybe a big, set, you know, a centerpiece that's missing. Maybe it's like another unit or a configuration of, you know, maybe it's you know that turtle model, but with a big blue hero riding it. Do you know what I mean? Because we've only seen them with the, sure. the little drums. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. could be like a, you know, something like that. But apparently, there's going to be four different configurations to that turtle, right. and you've only see, only seen two in the video. So, so. maybe the two are like upside down. Yeah, maybe rubbing the belly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grab shell, dude. <laughs> um, so, Ian, what about you? What's your what's the favourite thing you've seen so far, and what would you like to see? Favourite thing so far by quite a long way is Doctor Octopus. Okay, yeah, he is awesome. Yeah, um, I. Love the fact he's holding a little inkwell yeah. in one of the tentacles. What about, the, um, what about the little knife? Yeah, and the little club. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just mind blowing. So I, I love that's my favourite mod by some distance. Okay. Um, what? There's nothing else particularly. I want, just want to see it all yeah. now, like in yeah. like actual good still photos of it all. Yeah, the 360s on the website type thing and yeah all that yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to the that's more than anything actual else i want to see what's already been previewed but in a different format 
yeah, I think kind of seeing them separately, um, you know, away from each other, kind of standard GW shots, I think will, will be really good. Um, so one of the things that also Greedy Ravens asked is one of the things I considered um, when I saw this army, because my plan was Ideneth Deakin, it's probably going to tick the boxes I want. I want to buy a new army. I want to paint it. I want to get on the table quick and I'll play with it. So his question links in with that, which is with so much detail and sea life sculpted into the Deepkin models, how will anyone finish painting an entire army? So my answer to that question is I'm not. I'm not doing it. That army is not going to be painted very quickly. Yeah. So that's... do you guys feel like that as well? Do you feel like that's, um, it's quite a daunting army to kind of start painting? Potentially. I think you could... It, I wouldn't be surprised if you could just cut off a lot of the extra detail, like the shoals and the um, extra random fish. But do you want to um, do that? No, no, I wouldn't. But you, if you if you didn't if you just wanted to get it quickly on the table, I could see it's possible. Mm. Um, I think it will. T- it's going to take a long time. Are we going to, to get it to to do? Do you think we should see a bit of a zinch with this, where it kind of it took a while to see the zinch armies on the board? Potentially, yes. I think I think it'd be quite a good. It, it'd be quite juxtaposed against the because um, although there's a lot of models in the Daughters of Cain, they are for one they're not sort of downplay anyone's achievements when they do paint them, but they're a bit more straightforward. There's a lot less elements per model, isn't there? Mm. Although there's a lot of flesh, there's you know a lot of hair. There's only really flesh and hair, whereas you know they yeah, haven't got little shoals of fish swimming around their feet, or, or you know, can, all around. Yeah, I can see um, a model from this range winning the Slayer Sword or Golden Demon. Yeah, it's that kind of army, isn't it? Yeah, I can see somebody just going, spending a ridiculous amount of time doing all the extra bits. Well, one of the things that um, we've kind of hit on as well that um, Steve Foots asked at Tin, Ra- Tin Racer Steve on, on, on Twitter is the initial thoughts on Deepkin, which obviously we've covered, but any kind of thoughts on out-of-the-box and conversion opportunities? I know, Rob, you kind of mentioned that you don't really think there's an awful lot, but I, I think it's it's one of those where we kind of need to see the kits together and you see ideas can start coming together, but they're so different, aren't they? They're really, like... I couldn't yeah. think of mixing anything across the board. The only thing I would the one, say... One, sorry, go on. The only thing go on, I, go my on. initial ideas is you could kind of start going down the kind of the Dark Eldar route with the riders and start using Hellion riders and stuff on the, the sharks and stuff like mm. that. You know, you, you could go more of a dark, dark tinge to them. Um, yeah. I was potentially thinking, um, what well, main, mainly with... Yeah, I mean, the the... It take a bit of doing, but no, it would it would mean getting rid of a lot of the animals, but using the riders and the the way the frame, you know, the way that the um, sort of saddles attach to the what I presumably the other stuff like on the sharks, how you know those attach, but certainly what with the, the way that the the bits attach to the turtles and the howders on there, um, it's rekindled my thoughts on exodites for Eldar. Um, Aaron, but I know Aaron Bailey's going to be very upset with you mentioning that. I think you're going to have a falling out there, mate. <laughs> but I, but I said in the, I said in the chat that because guaranteed I'll pick up some you know bits and bobs and I'll pick up you know because you're going to have to buy to do Eldar Exodus. You're going to 
pretty much have to buy three kits to do one thing. Yeah. You, you, have, you know, you'd have to buy the Deepkin stuff, you'd have to buy a Lizardman stuff, and, like, you know, if you wanted to do something on the back of a Carnosaur or whatever, uh, and then you'd have to buy the Eldar stuff. So it'd be a very pricey army, and, you know, something that I'd, I've been, th- you know, it's been germinating for years that I'd, I'd love to do. But I know as soon as I get around to doing it, James Workshop will release next night, aren't we? <laughs> I just know that, I just know, yeah. I, it's, it's one on of it. those projects. Well, no, no, and, like, you know, the, this, it's why I've held off buying, I was going to buy Marathi for the um, Dekyla conversion, and apparently there's a, a well-known some someone who's pretty spot on with the rumours, um, and it was on a I can't remember what I think it was on a on an American forum where someone said, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, getting Marathi to do a a full grim conversion." And this guy and well, the guy well, I think it's a girl actually, but whoever on the forum chimed in and said, "I'd leave that a couple of months for you." <laughs> So you're um, like, fuck it out. Yeah, so I'm 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 going to wait for Fulgrim to do my Dakota conversion. But I I know that if I you know even if I did a test model, it'd be too expensive to you know let's, let's something like that. I said having to get a carnosaur, having to get the turtle for the thing on the back. Um, you know, I've been. It, it, uh, I know that you just 2019 Exodites. Look at mm-hmm. all these cool models. I'd be like, God damn it. They could be dual yeah. kits. Yeah, it could be. Well, yeah. We don't know, yeah. do we? No, we um, don't know. One of the things talking about the conversion side, so at Malin Mantra, who's, who's, who's asked some questions already, um, he said uh, he's put Sharknado Army with obligatory vortex for a little spin. Quite like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a little um, vortex spinning around in the middle. The, conversion, conversion, yeah. the one conversion I, I, idea I had is to use, potentially use some of the larger fish heads and swap the heads of the griff charger um, mount to make them into zinch knights because yeah. um, they're quite zinchy already but it's given the fish heads yeah you were going to buy th- you going to buy fishes weren't you fish you're, actually gonna, you're thinking about getting fish heads and, and yeah. like somehow preserving them weren't you in formaldehyde and then sticking them to griff chargers at one point I think um, no to Drakoth riders or something, isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, just yeah, splicing fish heads onto things, make them seem yeah. <laughs> awesome. And um, one of the things he said, it, we'll kind of mention it. I mean, he said my turtle will be green and yours. So I think personally, I'll probably go for a turquoise, um, orange and black. Nice, good choice, Rob. Um, like a. It's, it's kind of thing, but I quite like the, the, the scheme that I did from I'm doing for, well, I started doing for my Star Drake. So it'd be like a celestial grey underbody and then like a dark Reaper or an Incubi Darkness kind of shell. Quite a dark one then. Like yeah, but, under, we'll, we'll but like a, a light underbelly, but with a, a darker shell. Cool. And uh, at Heralds of War have asked, which do you think is the better painter's army, Daughters of Cain or Deepkin? Um, probably the Deepkin. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to, I think it's more scope. It's, I think it's easier to introduce spot colours. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it potentially could look better on an army scale, potentially. And there's a lot more interest, isn't there? All the different random creatures. So I think potentially the Deepkin. 
although I'm, I might change my mind about that. I think a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. I think the, yeah, me too, I yeah. think the Deep King can be a very striking, um, disparate-looking army, um, you know, with a lot of elements. But I think the Daughters, I think there's always something to be said for, you know... A Simplicity very, done well. Yeah, but also, you know, the, the, the model range is very much feels like a coherent range. All done together, I think, will be very striking. I think there's a lot you can do with even elements of tattoos, freehand, stuff like that. So... Yeah, I'm, I think I'd actually go more for Daughters. I think it'd be too easy to get distracted while painting a Deepkin army and really kind of go off the edge and maybe knock that kind of your colour choices or your overall coherency out of, out of the park a bit and make it look a, a little bit too jam, too jumbled up. Um, what, what do you think, Rob? I th- what would, like, what would you, if you could, I guess for the personal answer, if you could have one of the two armies and you know that, They'd be painted to the, the best you believe. Which one would you rather have? Exactly, that's your answer. Because it's subjective. It's, it, it's completely subjective. Like, you, like I think, it, like you said, column A for daughters because it's a, it's a, it's technically a simpler army as far as there's, there's a lot less sort of weird and wacky elements. But done right, it look amazing. You don't forget, you still got, you know, all, like I mean, you might, you know, you do the the veined wings, veined wing membranes, a la sort of David Soper's Dark El- Dark Elf, uh, Dark Eldar scourges that he did, and some of the heavy metal stuff they've done on like the sort of life the canary, yeah, um, the, the, the harpy kind of dudes or dudettes. Um, you know, you could you, you know you could go to town on that kind of thing, and you know, like you said, three hand tattoos on the skin, but then you could argue that you could do exactly the same kind of stuff on the on the deepkin. I mean, you know, that the Avatar, you know, done well with that with his with his sea cloak would look amazing. Um, you know, all the big monsters and, you know, done right that they'd they'd look just you know, equally striking. Even the smaller stuff like the the, the little archers and like that little octopus dude and all the rest of it. So I think it I don't think really you can pick, I, I don't think I can really pick one above the other. It's just personal taste, really, and then that's again that just comes down to it's, very, it's a very subjective thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a tough question. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that's enough on the the old deep kin. I think there's an awful lot for us to see more, as we say. I think it'd be yeah. interesting because I think pre-orders are probably going to be up in the next week or so. Um, April the fourteenth, they reckon. Well, that's release apparently. That's for yeah, the way. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was uh, pre-ordering and released on the 21st. Not 100, but that's that's what I Ooh. heard anyway. Um, Coming soon then. So we'll take a little break. We've got a couple of listener questions, uh, so we'll wrap up there. And uh, yeah, all right, back in a minute. Right, so we'll finish up with some more listener questions that didn't quite fit into the other categories. There's some kind of good ones to mention, actually, we've not really covered before. Um, interested to see what you two think of it. I've got a feeling the answer's probably going to be um, kind of a blank response. But Steve, first, so at Tin Racer, Steve has asked, and thoughts from us on malign portents uh, inspire any hobby thinking, new lore, and more detailed understanding of life in the realm helped? Um, don't know if you guys have kind of got any thoughts around that. Has it made, has it felt like it's made any difference to what you're doing? Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, That's fine. Nope. Don't. Nope. I've, I've looked looked at the heralds. They're okay, mm. and it's just passed me by really. So. Okay. 
Rob? No. I think just the continuation of the um, the storyline as a whole, uh, obviously with some of the elements I'm using for the the narrative behind my my Chaos Army, um, has helped, but not 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 specifically in the line points. I don't think. I think um, it's just more of a, a general advancement of the story, which you know I, I'm just a, a, it's a little bit not annoyed with GW, but they they built out to be such a big thing. Mm. And then just really, you know, think it like Ian said, the, the four miniatures that they released are, are awesome. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, they're, however, I know you don't like the the, the War Queen, but uh, for model purposes, not you don't you, you don't it's not you don't approve of the the concept. Um, I don't want to sort of throw you under the bus. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but it's just you know they built. I, I think it's kind of that. You know, when you sort of feel let down because something's been hyped up so much, and it's like a little bit, oh, all right. And like Ian said, I think it's passed me by a little bit. Um, but again, appreciate the fact that they're taking the time to sort of do more world building. It's been interesting to listen to the, the narrative. I, uh, Gary uh, Hammer um, did a full rundown on Nine Points and Legion and the Cash, and what he'd be driving about. It's nice to chuck a podcast on just listen. Um, to, to that kind of thing, just as a just to pass the time, and there's some really cool narrative and fluff in there, um, which you know might lead on to you know a different sort of new armies and all the rest of it. And it's nice to have a from a tournament thing as well. It's nice for like stuff like Legions and the Gash to come out and perhaps breathe new life into people's projects that have, that they've stalled or you know inspire people for new armies. Um, you know that's always great to see. You know more diversity in the uh, in the tournament things. I know Death have sort of been handed the you know and had the greater took greater times at tournaments recently. So you know, perhaps if that inspires people to to build more stuff and and to to bring out some different armies, then all good. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly think that Death has taken um, a lot from Malign Portals, which makes sense because it's really centric around them, uh, you know, with the Battle Tomb coming out at the same time. It's kind of breathed some new life into those, kind of the narrative behind those armies. And I think that's always a good thing, kind of, you know, as gamers, it's uh, a lot of us do get a kick about having, a, you know, a, a combined kind of element of explaining why these armies are together, what they're doing. Just having that little bit of background makes it a little bit cooler. Um, it just shows that seed of inspiration for a cool conversion or yeah. an army scheme or whatever. You know, that that's that's the most important thing. You know, we're obviously not massive. Death, I'm not a massive death player. I've, I've got an idea. Of, you know, I've always had this idea for a vampire army, but. You know, that's far in the future but if it's like i said if it's someone thinks oh i can make a cool conversion out of that or do this that and the other then happy days and that yep and you can see that people take that because people look at something like wrath of, uh, uh the wrath of the lich king uh the world of warcraft expansion which which resolves around basically a death faction and they, they move that as an aspect over into to aos it's quite popular and people do an army themed around that so give people a seed they'll go with it and um, i would suggest you read malign portents it's very cool 
Um, I actually really enjoyed reading the book and the gaming elements that it brings as well. It's very, very good as well. So much so that going forward in our Fetty campaign from Ember to Inferno, we are actually going to be using the Malign Portents rules. Um, and also, which is quite cool, South Coast is doing using two of the scenarios. Um, going to have to wait to find out exactly how the, the mechanics of the game work in that regard. But that's that's brilliant. And just to say, you know, the nuke talking about the lore and the, the realm, that's all going to help, particularly the death players or their are starting to pe- see people um, I mean for example John Green who we've mentioned before who, who's been to uh, a couple of events who've recently met he looks to be doing a, a death influence kind of Stormcast army uh, very cool conversion where he's got a, um, a prosecutor and taking the wings off and basically swap the head with a spirit host and then it's got the trail going down as almost like the wing yeah, they're cool. the, the streamy wingy bits you would normally have at a prosecutor so people are definitely doing it um, so yeah so it's awesome in that regard um, and the last questions we've got really are from actually quite like this guy's uh, Twitter handle, Lad von Karstein. Um, <laughs> um, so, do you, do you use any varnish? Um, and if so, what what is that? Um, so, for me personally, um, I don't tend to overly varnish too much nowadays. Um, so, if I've got a metal model, I will always go through the process of painting on by hand a gloss varnish. I have a Vallejo gloss varnish for that. To be honest, it doesn't overly matter what brand you do use. Um, take your time with it. Don't don't apply it too quick because you start getting little bubbles. So just take your time, apply a gloss varnish, let it dry fully, and then a nice layer of dull coat over the top. So dull coat is um, a uh, exactly that. It's you know it, it's a matte varnish. Um, the thing is with matte varnishes is they actually really protect you per se because it's a, it's a thin layer, but it's not overly going to protect your models. I mean, this was a lot more relevant when metal models were were all the rage. Um, but that kind of tends to be my route. What I will say is that I, I actually was going to with my zinch um i was going to use that that same varnish technique on all my models and i did it with my first skyfire and hated it um it ruined the metals um i wanted them to be bright and pop and dual coat just totally gets rid of that so do do be aware of it if you want to use something like a matte varnish try it out on the models see what the effect looks like i mean it can look awesome you know you get a chaos warrior army you know, painted in, you know, muted tones, black armor, chips, and you put dual coat on it, it can make it look beautiful. But if you've got bright colors and, you know, like nice vibrant golds and stuff, it can kill it. So do be wary. So that's what I use personally. I don't know if you guys do anything differently. I um, tend not to use varnish on anything. Um, just never been in the habit of doing it. Um, I do use gloss varnish occasionally if I want a specific effect on a model. Same here. Um, so, for example, for um, lacquered armor, mm-hmm. it's just you do an edge highlight and then you gloss it over the top, and it naturally makes it the where it's meant to where the natural light will almost create the highlights to a certain degree, uh, shiny leather that kind of thing. And for um, go, blood and go, something that's wet, gloss varnish works really well. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the only reason te- I tend to use it is for a specific effect on a model rather than for protection. And I've actually used it as gloss varnish. I've used gloss varnish on the gemstones on my uh, on my zines yeah. as well. 
It's a good one for yeah, that. Yeah, that works nicely as well. Painted yeah. warmly, a little bit of that over the top. But you, Robbie, have you, you were you a varnish fan? I've used um, used dull coat on a lot of stuff, but I noticed especially on my um, my elves, sylvaneth, whatever you want to call them, um, it did that what, exactly what you said. Although they, they are, it worked well on some elements because there's a lot of natural tones on there, and it you know it does kind of. It, uh, it does well on those, but then on the areas where there's like the sort of ethereal weapons, like with the, that sort of uh, blending that I've done on them, it did drag them down a little bit, and on some of the golds as well. So um, I'm probably not going to varnish my chaos stuff going forward, and I'm, pro- I'm, pro- I'm probably going to just leave it because they are quite, you know, it's going to be a zinch army. It's you know, well, predominantly zinch apart from Bellicor himself. Um, and there are going to be a lot of elements that, like you said, I want. I'm, I'm working on, you know, getting. To, you know, one of the biggest things I've got to do with this time is get the, the contrast right and the getting it to pop properly. And I, I don't want to sort of uh, have that spoil it. Do you know what I mean? Yep, totally know what you mean. Um, and um, I think that's the problem with dual coat. It's, it's a great effect, um, but you need to be wary of it. Um, one thing is also asked as well is how do you transport armies, particularly big, bulky, kind of spindly kind of models? And there's only one answer to that nowadays. Um, and there's a lot of other choices out there. Um, I know that certain um, army transportation boxes are becoming quite popular ones, which would like magnetized shelves and things. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, you can use your GW cases, you can use the newer version ones, you can use your KR cases with pluck foam, um, you know, you can use cardboard boxes with um, with bubble wrap in them. But for me, really useful boxes, magnetize the bottom of the bases of your models with rare earth magnets. You want steel shooting, steel sheeting lining the box. That is the way you transport armies. It keeps your models safe. You can get the really yeah. useful boxes in all sorts of different heights and widths and sizes, so you can make sure you can get your big models in. That is the way to transport armies, in my opinion. I don't, I don't feel like you guys are going to disagree. I, if you drive in places, I don't see any reason why you would do anything else yeah. nowadays. That's just um, flat. It, Use them. If you're going to, it depends on how you get in. If you're going to be using public transport or flying, then obviously it's it's a slightly different answer. But if you're driving somewhere and you're transporting somebody in a car, then yeah, just buy yourself a nice plastic box, <laughs> chuck some metal, chuck some metal in the bottom, and magnetise shit out of things. Yeah, definitely. And um, so that's kind of all the list of questions we had for this week. And um, one thing I wanted to say is that um, I'm super chuffed to say we we kind of started out. I tried out uh, Patreon um, just to kind of see what kind of response we get. Um, we've actually had um, four uh, um, people sign up for that, four patrons, which is brilliant. So thank you ever so much. So they are um, Daniel Callahan, uh, uh, Thomas Thomas Berg, um, John Markham, and Casper 
Bjornstrom Anderson. So each one of you, fantastic. I, you know, it makes no difference to me how much you pledge. Every, every every pound you put towards a podcast is fantastic. So we're kind of waiting to see how that wraps up with the first month and expect to see more articles, um, kind of more more kind of little mini episodes and um, you know the ever mentioned um, uh, blog post is going to go up about airbrushing and you're going to give us the ability to do that. And who knows, maybe a little bit down the road, we're going to be able to look into doing a little bit of video, which will be an interesting um, thing to kind of explore. So, you know, if, again, if you're interested, we're, we just search for us, Pro Painted Podcast on Patreon. It's really easy to sign up. And, you know, if you want to put some money into the podcast, then you know, it's, all, it's all greatly received. And finally, my mum has been bugging me um, for quite a few episodes now for a shout out. So, um, hi, mum. <laughs> Um, hi Matt's mum hi um, so she lives over in Canada and she does listen to the episodes which is awesome um, so I hi Matthew's mum I'd give her a little give her a little shout out she's over in a couple of weeks I'm looking forward to seeing her so there you go mum I, I said I'd give you a shout out um, so I think that's it for the episode guys is there anything else you kind of you kind of want to mention uh, no I don't think so nope I'm good I'm good okay, fantastic well until next time which will be with the lovely uh, Christopher Gary Tomlin of formerly of the, <laughs> the Black Sun podcast I hope I don't you... know why I find that funny <laughs> I, I, I love the fact his middle name's Gary um, yeah. I'll get one of you lovely guys on, um, on on that as well so you can fight off um, who comes Actually. on so anything else in the meantime as I, as ever we are on uh, Twitter at Propainted Podcast uh, we're on the blog posts uh, more will be going up at Propainted Podcast that's the website uh, painting rankings we are still correlating results um tom hewitt um he's working on the website for me who is now very famous because he's in with gw thanks to his 40k list builder um so you can see what he's done already so i'm super excited to see what he's going to put together for the the pro painted rankings but that'll be going up soon um confirmed that the masters will be in january same weekend as the actual masters and will be hosted as a single event alongside patrick o'sullivan's new event in january so it allows you to buy a ticket and if you qualify then you can decide to take part in the rankings event you don't have to you can stay and just do the normal event and vice versa so if you think you might get in you can buy a ticket to the event and if you qualify come and join us if not you've still got a tournament to attend so i think that covers all the bases so um thanks again and uh yeah please do get in touch if you've got anything in the meantime and thanks thanks to everyone who also left us a, an itunes review recently it's put the ratings up which is fantastic so really really appreciate it and that's going to be bye from me until next Friday.
Is your girlfriend enough for this box? Think that's funny. No, that's not funny. Girlfriend's in the shower. <laughs> 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 I, I 